0: you damn right hope everybody's having a good wednesday we hit hump day before the final four in houston before the women's final four up in dallas big games coming on both sides of that obviously still a lot of basketball energy around these parts off of the rodney terry announcement and press conference From the last day or so, and if you're a Longhorn fan, you had to enjoy getting rid of that losing streak to the Aggies and keeping your winning streak going. Plus, one of your all-timers has a birthday today. We'll get into all of it. It's Chad and Zay on a Wednesday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier, not biblically spelled Isaiah Collier that missed those free throws, non-biblically spelled Isaiah Collier that would have knocked them both down. What's up, Zay? What
1: up, Chad? Yes, sir. Those horns were at Bluebell Park yesterday, <laughs> eating up ice cream, scoring runs, Dark Mall, acting the ass.
0: <laughs> Fun night last night. I dug it. I dug it. So nowadays, they don't ever show you streakers anymore. Oh. No. It is a shame. And the weird detail that I had not heard until this morning was that dude was wearing a Darth Maul mask. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally missed that part and yeah, I did not did not realize. I know Craig Way had to enjoy that because he is a Star Wars guy. But the Darth Maul mask was an interesting touch. Where does Darth
1: Maul rank on like Sith Lords and villains. Cause episode one, I'm not a big Star Wars guy, right. but I know enough to know episode one suspect compared to the others. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, it's easily the worst movie. Uh, but he is one of those characters that I think we were all just really sad that he didn't get to the spoiler alert, that he didn't get to the next movie. He looked great. The fight was great. Craig talked about the fight scene earlier. Uh, so I always liked Darth Maul. So in the Sith Lord rankings, I guess yeah, you got have to... hosed on the fight. Like it's two on one. Come on. It is. He's basically it getting is. jumped. Hey, hey, he had a two sided lightsaber. What do you want? That's fair. He had as many lightsabers as
1: they had. I mean, did Darth Maul steal Liam Nilsson's kid in that Star Wars like uh, he does in every other <laughs> Liam
0: Nilsson movie? Qui Gon. <laughs> Qui Gon's saber was taken. I have a special set of skills. They're given to me by the Midichlorians. Um So, Darth the Darth Maul Streaker was a part of it last night. I would put Darth Maul in the bronze medal position among Sith lords. You got to put Vader first. Okay. The Emperor is second, and I'm going to put Darth Maul Which third. Which was the Emperor? The Emperor, you know. That's the one that wore the hood. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That was a dead-on <laughs> Emperor. <laughs>
1: Yo, Emperor did my man Samuel Jackson wrong. I, I got, I-, I got a problem with Emperor.
0: Yeah, he gave, uh, he gave old Mace Windu the uh, the, the runaround there. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean Mace Windu, I thought he was gonna fly. I was like, oh Samuel, cool. When I didn't know much about Star Wars at the moment, <laughs> he just got, <laughs> he just got knocked off the building. He cool. He gonna get right back on his feet then. They're like, nah, he ain't coming back, bro.
0: He thought he had like a jetpack on. <laughs> something. Thought he was like Boba Fett or something. Yo,
1: if you a brother in the Star Wars world, you gotta bring something special to the table. That's what I, I Hey, Mace, Come on now. Engage that
0: jetpack. What?
1: There ain't too, no. <laughs> ain't too many brothers in the Star Wars community, so Mace Windu was bringing something special to the table. I was expecting something, and nah. Uh,
0: yeah, we were a little upset. We were yeah. a little upset at how Samuel L. Jackson's character uh, got treated there. Spoiler alert, he does not make it. <laughs> Let's not make it out of a certain movie. We'll let you go figure out which one. Uh, So Darth Maul in a mask was part of it last night. But the big takeaway was the Longhorns beating the Aggies. We will get into that. But before we do, we've already had a texter put put this on a text today and mention it. We don't mention every birthday of former Longhorns. But when it's one of the statue guys, we, we probably need to mention it. Happy birthday to Earl Campbell today. Tyler Rose. That is it. Earl Campbell. Come on now. Big Earl Campbell. You got to love it. The Tyler Rose does have a birthday today. Extra shout out to Tyler Campbell, to Earl, and the event coming up this weekend. You hear the Barbecue and Boots promos playing on the station. It's an incredible thing they do every year. Earl's going to be hanging out. Pro Football Hall of Famers are going to be hanging out. Longhorn Legends are going to be hanging out. And it's all to raise money to help the fight against MS, which Tyler Campbell uh, has been battling with MS and, uh, and and spreading the word and raising money and doing all these great things throughout his life, if you don't know Tyler's story. Uh, so, you can go to ProPlayerFoundation.org and find out more. But happy birthday to Earl Campbell today. And we thought it might be a good time to have uh, another Mount Rushmore discussion. How about Mount Rushmore of running backs? Because they, I'm going to assume that a lot of people that will deal with us today will put Earl in there. And then those other slots are interesting to me. How old you are is going to determine. For sure. And also, do you want to tell me that your Mount Rushmore has to be people you've seen? If you do that, then some people listening won't be able to say Jim Brown right. or some other names. So uh, let us know your running back Mount Rushmore, everything included, what your eyes have seen, however you want to do it, or if you just want to give us like your Yo, favorite running back Mount Rushmore. And some of y'all, do that don't be
1: afraid to put O.J. Simpson on there. We ain't going to think less of you. Ooh. If you got the juice on your mouth, we're talking about football. we right. talk about off-the-field stuff.
0: Especially if you are of a certain age and you literally saw it. Yeah. Like, I can remember being young and before the whole other part of OJ happened. Yeah. Dude, when my dad would talk about OJ Simpson yeah. as a running back, he would just, he'd just like stop, kind of freeze, and he'd be like, dude, like, oh, man. I was like, what about that 2,000 yard season? Was he impressive? Was he impressive? Are you serious? Are you kidding me? He was unbelievable. He was yeah. amazing. So, yeah. yeah, hey, let us know. Let us know.
1: Okay, so let me ask you this, Chad Hastings. Mm-hmm. At your best, what was. What would you say is your peak, like, athletic
0: high? Oh, dear God.
1: Like, where you're just, where you felt the most in shape, you felt the best about yourself, swole up, working out, feeling good. When was that? What era? Time period?
0: Um, Probably either, it's it's like, you know, senior year of high school, or maybe that, First, okay. second year of college range, what, what right? Were what, what were we weighing? What were well, we weighing? We were probably, probably about 190. <laughs> oh, man. All right. 190-ish, okay, okay. somewhere in there.
1: My best is probably around the high school area, a couple of years after high school, 20 years old. I was probably 225 at my best, feeling good. Right. I wouldn't say swole, but I was feeling good. Okay. Do you think, in an Oklahoma drill setting, Earl Campbell... At his high, at his best, would you be able to bring him down? You get five tries. Would you be able to break him down? <laughs> one of those five, at that one ninety,
0: Waxahachie Chad
1: Hastings.
0: Um, do I get hardcore match rules? <laughs> what does that mean? Like a do ladder I, and chair? And can stuff? you? Can I get a metal chair? No, just
1: pads. Y'all got pads on. All the pads that you need. Are,
0: I'll give you a neck roll. Are my pads pad, super pads? Do, do, do they have, like, knives and stuff that come out of them like a transformer? Because <laughs> no is the answer. I'm not bringing Earl Campbell down. Not one time. Tyler Rose wins five times. I'm I'm thinking so, too. I, I'm not trying
1: to be the big man here. I ain't tackling that brother. No, the way what? he used to run, that seems like the scariest thing ever. Just by yourself, no one, no helps coming. It's just you and him. My God, this is why folks don't do the Oklahoma drill no more,
0: because Er of guys like Earl Campbell. I'll just be honest. Earl might go five for five today. Straight up. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to put anybody's business out there, but y'all can go do the math if you like. It's about a 20 year difference. Eh, It's still not going to put much money on me. I'm still going to go with the Tyler Rose on that one. Earl Campbell's birthday. Today, We got listeners that think they can. You know know we do. I know, I know, but not in his prime. No, not in his prime. You said in his prime. Prime. And Earl would tell us, I'm assuming Earl would tell us that is some time when he was wearing burn orange. I'm assuming. Yeah. Junior, senior year at Texas. Fresh fresh off off campus, yeah. Yeah, it's right in that time period. Uh, This text comes from Sal in New York City. Emmett, Barry Sanders, Sweetness, and Earl. That's their Mount Rushmore. Hey, uh, to to help him out, can't hate on that dog. Yeah, can't
1: hate on that one
0: bit. I could make an argument for that being my Mount Rushmore. I've always been a big Walter Payton guy. Yeah, Walter Payton. From I never saw Jim Brown actually play the game. Right. Walter Payton is the greatest all-around running back I think I've ever seen in my life. That's the guy for me. If you just say, who have you seen? Because I I didn't get a lot of as I'm getting into football, I didn't feel like I got like Earl Campbell's prime prime of watching. But I did see enough of Earl to know he'd be on my Mount Rushmore. So it'd probably be it's like Earl and Walter for me and then I gotta kind of look around and see. I'm a Cowboys guy, so Tony Dorsett is at least in my discussion. I know a lot of people wouldn't make him Mount Rushmore but man, 33 was my guy back then.
1: Oh, he was nice.
0: He was really, Undersized,
1: it didn't matter, coming out of Pittsburgh. For me, I would like to say guys that I've seen and watched. I didn't see much of Barry Sanders, but uh, he there. I hadn't seen much of Emmitt Smith either, but he there too. Then that's where it gets tricky. The next two, probably LaDamian Tomlinson. I know people are going, what, Zay? But you got to remember, I'm in my younger 30s. I'm talking about people that I really watched and coming out of that. Waco area, LT was that dude for me. The fourth, maybe Ricky.
0: Okay, who was your second one after Earl? Um,
1: I never said Earl. Oh, so. I never watched Earl. So oh, not that's okay. not. Yeah, it's not. I'm sorry, who were the first me. two you said? Uh, Emmett and Barry Sanders.
0: Emmett Barry. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Emmett and Barry. Yeah, I mean Emmett's going to be mentioned. I know a lot of people. Those two get mentioned together because those that really, really, really love Emmett sometimes get accused of forgetting about Barry, and those that really, really love Barry sometimes get accused of not respecting Emmett enough. Right. Those two factions end up screaming at each other. So we can have a little bit of that today on Earl Campbell's birthday. Uh, so one of those guys, one of the Heisman winners, one of the, the uh, statue guys, and just one of the best people I think that's ever carried that Longhorn banner uh, has a birthday today. So happy birthday to Earl. Hope he's having a great birthday. Uh, and again, shout out to Tyler and Earl and everybody that's getting ready for the Barbecue the and Boots event. ProPlayerFoundation.org if you want to find out more information and see if there are still seats available for that incredible event. All right, Zay, so uh, you watched it a little bit in addition to the streaker. You watched the baseball last watched night. Watch it all, Florida baby. Station?
1: Let's get it. What would you think? It was impressive. 15 and 0 or 15 game winning streak for coach Pierce and that crew and they left a lot of men on the bases you know 15 hits and I know just with only five runs, you thought this could have been a blowout. This could have been a double-digit run type of dub. But, hey, as long as you get the win, it's been a long time since you beat beaten the Aggies in baseball. I know guys like Eric Kennedy's never beaten the Aggies right. in baseball. and You could tell last night. I thought he had the moment of the game, Chad. In the eighth inning, him leading off and having that bang-bang play at first that was originally called an out, Oh, brother over there looking like Derek Brooks, umpire in baseball. He said, Oh, I was like, ooh, go back. Eric Kennedy waved his arms like, Nah, that's safe, bro. Run it back. Coach, challenge. We challenging that thing. Mm-hmm. Got it right. Completely changed the game. Peyton Powell came up, got on. And then Dylan Campbell came on, got on. Then they just kept bringing guys home and you put in two more runs to make it 5-2 and that's ball game right there. It was 3-2 eighth inning. Texas A&M thinking they could get back in the game and that was pretty deflating for them. So Porter Brown, he put the ball in play. They couldn't turn it into the double Add that fifth run, and yeah, I thought it was a heck of a ball game. They used a lot of players, used a lot of pitches and stuff, but Zane Morehouse, he was good in the eighth inning and ninth inning, getting out of those situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, you put two men on base in that eighth inning, and then you throw some fire to get out of a jam, and And you got two batters left, and you strike out guys.
0: So Zane
1: Morehouse, nightmare. He did his thing, and the horns are rolling to this weekend series against a pretty good Oklahoma State team.
0: And there are two on in the ninth. Right. Right. To close it out. I mean, he's he's facing uh, an issue where one swing changes the entire thing. Uh, Zane Morehouse got his third save of the year. Uh, Zay, I'm glad you brought up the, the men left on base. If I'm a Longhorn baseball fan today, that is one of the blinking lights. David Pierce, when they interviewed him, as much as I hate the coaches' interviews in the middle of a baseball game, he mentioned that right away. They're like, oh, you got to like what you're seeing so far, coach. Ooh, man, bases loaded, no outs. We got to get something out of that. He knows how important those things are in baseball. So as you move forward, you don't want 15 guys left on. Yeah. Having said that, they handled their situations, and I completely agree with you uh, about the replay. I love that that exists now. Yeah, thank goodness. Despite the fact that in this case I am rooting for the team that it hurt, I don't care. I want to get those right. Most importantly, Zay, here's here's what I love about it. Today, as a Longhorn fan, can you tell me the first base umpire's name? No. Exactly. And that's good. That's why he's just Derek Brooks in the umpire uniform to me. Exactly. Big he, swole brother. He, It was a bang-bang play. My eyes told me he was safe. When I saw it live, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I think he was safe. I thought what you thought – As a Longhorn fan, I was thinking it from the other side. I just thought, oh, I think that's going to go the other way. But now we can fix it. We don't have the stupid thing like when I was a kid and we had a World Series turn (laughs) on a play like that, and I can tell you that umpire's name. I know Don Denkinger's name because of the silliness of all of that, that they didn't just have the ability to go back and look at it. That was 86, and they didn't fix it until... God, was it 2014 we finally got replay in baseball? Or maybe it was 2004, something with a 4 in it. It went way too – it was. It was 4 I think, because they even waited until after Bartman and all that mess to get instant replay in baseball, and now we've got it at the college level. So I love that. And the Longhorns took advantage of the correct call, and then the Aggies could not get themselves out of it. And I kept thinking back to that moment. Oh, this is what started it. This is what started it. That first batter getting on – Aggies just – from the beginning, you could tell the Aggie pitching was shaky. I told you about an early lead yesterday. That crowd got quieted down pretty quick. Only a couple runs, but they could feel it. Early on, I think that the Aggie crowd could feel, uh-oh. Yeah. We're seeing more of what we've seen. The yeah. team that played Portland, the team that played LSU, team that got swept at Tennessee, they realized early on, oh, these Longhorns are getting pretty good at bats, and it felt like the Longhorns were going to have the big moments – And they did.
1: Yeah, y'all's boys, Zadejo, the lefty. That's how you say his name, right? Uh,
0: Yes. Zadejo.
1: You got 0-2 count, you got Porter Brown on, and you give up uh, two RBI double. That's brutal. That was
2: huge. That
1: is brutal. Huge like moment. You're like, I'm about to get this guy out, and you give him something that smooth to hit, and shout out to Porter Brown for taking advantage of that moment and staying aggressive because, again, you're down 0-2. You just kind of stay on the live, yet alone – Get a two-RBI uh, RBI double. And kind of and, fought that thing yeah, off. Just and... Fought that thing off. That's yeah. big-time play. And then the top of the third, going back to just leaving too many men on base, you get four straight hits and only one run. Right. Yeah.
0: Those are the things, again, they'll tweak up. That's the stuff Pierce is going to get on them about. Congrats, guys, 15 in a row, and we ended the thing against the Aggies. When they get back into conference play now, that's what he's going to tell them. We can't do that anymore. Can't be leaving 15 guys on base. we got to take advantage of these opportunities because he knows deep down what should the score of that game been last night. It should have been like 10-2. 9-2, yeah. 11-2. That could have been a route if things had happened early on. By the way, another thing you got to love if you're a Longhorn fan, how about this, Zay? Your 1, 2, and 3 batters were – let me get this right – 10 for 14 and scored all five runs. It's big time. That's your one, two, and three hitters just absolutely raking Uh, impressive stuff. And then you, of course, mentioned Porter Brown bringing in three runs himself. So uh, Longhorns get the win, 5-2, 15-game win streak, and they are getting ready to head to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yo,
1: one of my favorite plays of last night's game defensively is when Warner was trying to go for three. And that relay throw from Dylan Campbell to Mitchell Daly to Peyton Powell, that was a thing of beauty. Yep. That was a thing of beauty. Now, I don't know if if I was Warner, I probably would have ran because he ain't no Ichiro out there. <laughs> no. Exactly. Ichiro would have made that third. Yeah. That would have been a smooth triple. But, hey, you're trying to be aggressive, and the Horns made them pay. Excellent relay play.
0: Yeah, you could feel there was a little pressure on that A and M T at that point on a base runner to say, I gotta make something happen. Yeah. Gotta make something happen. And it didn't quite work. Five two, Texas gets that win. If you have any thoughts on it, the Specs text line is there for you, 337-3776, plus those uh, Mount Rushmore of running backs today. Yo, it I is just,
1: Earl's birthday today. Somebody on the Specs text line threw Mike Allstack on there. Wow, uh, That's
0: wild, but I respect it. Whoa. That's a wild homie. ain't even a running back, really. See, that's one of those where, again, if you just want to make it your Mount Rushmore of your favorite running backs, we'll let Mike Allstack in there if you do it that way. I don't think you're saying Mike Allstott's yeah. one of the four best running backs of all time. Yeah. But if it's just the way you look at it, then okay. Plus, I am a Bucs guy, so I'll let Mike Allstott into the discussion. But yeah, Mike Allstott was a different kind of running back. See, that's it. So, that's a good point there. Now, for my fourth
1: one, it's going to be Ricky and Priest Holmes. There Both of them, they're fighting. Like Mount Rushmore, both of their heads are combined. Throw
0: in a couple favorites, yeah, no problem, no oh, problem, man. And Priest,
1: you, those few years in Kansas City, I boy, was say,
0: you you want to you want to combine a college put uh, impactful college moments followed by impactful pro moments? Oof. Priest Holmes didn't put together something that you know it, it probably doesn't deserve like Canton discussion or anything like that. But that dude was a badass for about a. What's that, about a – Three years. I was going to give him six. It may not quite be that long. Oh, so you're going to like Ravens. I'm saying end of Texas, then the Kansas City run. That's – would you give him like six years combined? Like two at Texas and four? I remember like like three really good years. Two like MVP-worthy. Oh, yeah, he was incredible. Uh, he was incredible. So, give us your favorite running back Mount Rushmore, or just your all-time running back Mount Rushmore. I think I got to have Earl and Walter, and then I'm trying to figure out who else I'm putting in uh, in my Mount Rushmore all-timer. I got to throw Jim Brown in, even though I didn't see him every yeah. highlight I see. I go, my God, it's Jim Brown.
1: <laughs> and what he was doing off the field too.
0: Yeah, it's true. He's just a badass in general, and acting I, and stuff. And I know he could still beat me up, so I've really got to be yeah, careful. Like yeah. you don't, I don't want Jim Brown coming after me. Um, also. So, coming up, we'll continue to talk about the Rodney Terry story. One of the former players that got mentioned yesterday at that presser was J.D. Lewis. Of course, we talked to J.D. throughout football season because he's a fantasy football freak, but today we thought we'd get his thoughts on Rodney Terry because he's obviously following the basketball program very closely, goes to a lot of games, and he was there yesterday. And, of course, J.D. remembers Rodney Terry as an assistant from back in the day. So, we'll ask J.D. about his relationship with Coach Terry and how happy he is that Coach Terry got the gig that is coming right up on the horn this is chad with dr slaughter from sinus and snoring specialist dr slaughter let's talk about why people snore it can be really
2: confusing how can you guys help yeah there are five common causes of snoring nasal congestion having a large tongue a long floppy soft palate and large tonsils along with weight gain For many patients, they will have more than one of these causes. The most common cause, actually, though, is nasal congestion, and an open nasal airway is the critical first step to reducing snoring. That's why we start with a comprehensive evaluation of the nasal airway and have developed many simple techniques to allow the patient to become a world-class, consistent nose breather at nighttime.
0: They helped figure out what was going on with me and turned me from a mouth breather to a world-class nose breather. Call and set up your appointment, 512 601-0303 601-0303 or go to SinusSnoringENT.com Sinus and snoring specialists feel clear, rested, and healthy.
1: My car here for stat beer. No impurities, no regrets. stat has a beer for everyone whether it's an stat light, lager, Koch, or even an amber. stat Brewery, German beer made here right in the heart of the Texas Hill country. They only use fine German hops, malts, and yeast, and of course, That natural spring water. Allstatt Brewery, German beer made here that I want you to enjoy. Allstatt beer. No impurities. No regrets. Chad and Zay.
0: Oh, this sounds like something I should know. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Okay. Old country, emerald land. Oh, sounds like we're getting political. Maybe getting a little political with Ireland, but I don't know it. Who is it, Zay? Gary Moore. Yeah, it wasn't happening. Wild Frontier. The Wild Frontier, Gary Moore. I knew a couple people that were into Gary Moore back in the day, but... I was not uh, not into it well enough to know that. All right, so shout out to Gary Moore getting us started today. Also uh, a shout out to Buta. Buta having a birthday party and the horns gonna be there to celebrate. Join the horn and Coke FM at the Buta Amphitheater and City Park. Saturday starting at 3, Carnival All Day, Birthday Cake, BYOB, live music starting at 545 with Uncle Lucius headlining at 730. So join us this Saturday for Buda's birthday celebration. Details on the events page at hornfm.com. It's Chad and Zay on this Wednesday, and uh, our next guest normally joins us to talk some fantasy football, but we always mix in some basketball too because he knows a little bit about it. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and cantina hotline we will talk to a man who was mentioned in the press conference yesterday not everybody was but this man was he is jd lewis what's up jd
2: what's up guys uh it's a funny story about that too i uh you know rt he you know he's the man he uh he, he even said, yeah, I don't want to forget anybody. And, and sitting directly to my left was Connor Ashley, and he forgot Connor, And I loved it, and <laughs> it. I loved it because I'm used to being the guy that is forgotten and left out. I'm used to that. And so the shout-out made me feel real good. But then I got to be able to kind of poke, poke Connor about it too. It was uh, so so double sweet.
1: Nice. Yo, yo, JD, since you got all this pulling stuff and the head coach is shouting you out as pressers, you need to go up to Coach Terry and say, hey, I know JJ Reddit ruined the black jerseys for us.
0: Here we go. But we
1: could bring those back. It's okay. It's time. It's been a long time since you were biting on that pump fake from JJ. Let's bring back the black jerseys. And
0: basketball, we could do it. I'm
2: sorry, JD. Dude, I'm all about the black jerseys. I am. But I'll tell you right now, it's not RT making that decision. So it doesn't matter what we think and what RT thinks. That's a a CDC and Hartzell decision. And uh, I think they've pretty much made up their mind on that front.
0: Yeah, I think you're right there. Uh, JD, uh, take people back into your time playing at Texas. By the time you get to Texas, Rodney Terry's been there, what, two, three years? Something like that?
2: Yeah, I think about three years, yeah.
0: So what do you remember about – like, was he a part of your recruiting at all? What do you remember about kind of the – everybody's been talking about the relationship and just kind of the magic quality of the guy and how he connects with players. What do you remember from back then about Coach Terry?
2: RT actually recruited me. So he was my head recruiter. So, you know, I I loved him, and I got down here, and, and, you know, he – he I think took a a special interest in trying to help me be prepared and and be ready to go. Um, But I think RT himself would tell you, and he did yesterday in the press conference that he's changed as a coach, you know, and and going and being a head coach at UTEP and at Fresno state helped him to, I think, realize what kind of coach he wanted to be and what kind of relationship he wanted to have with his players. And I think it's amazing. I mean, you can see the the difference between then and now, and and that's what's going to make him successful, especially in, in this day and age where, you know, players care more about playing somebody, playing for somebody that they know cares about them. You know, that isn't trying to take the Bobby Knight approach and and beat you up. But he's trying to, he's going to be on your side and show you that he's on your side and give you confidence that way. So that when he's when he constructively criticizes, you know, you take it from a place of love and not from a place of resentment. And that's that's what that's what you have to have again today to be successful, to bring in the guys that you can, because it's not just bringing in freshmen. Uh, You also have to bring in sophomores, juniors, and seniors through the transfer portal, and that's a big thing. And I think the blueprint was really set there. Um, You know, I think Beard helped set that up, but RT also says all of the coaches, all of the assistants, everybody in there had something to do with getting that set up at at UT. And now I think all the pieces are in place around him to give him the kind of support that he needs to succeed. And I think he's got, I mean, we know he can recruit, man. He can absolutely recruit and he's going to continue to do that. So I'm excited for him and I'm excited where the program is going.
1: Yeah, if he got you down for Amarillo, he damn sure can recruit because you're a (laughs) hell of a player. But, J.D., let me ask you this. You know, watching this season and once Coach Terry took over, a lot of people had a lot of doubts for obvious reasons. And I know you just knowing him on a personal level, I doubt that you did. But watching this season and how these players, you know, gathered around him and they planned for just the ultimate goal, and that's get to the Final Four and hopefully have a chance to win a national championship and yeah, they came short, but going to the Elite Eight—that's something that we haven't seen since you guys played. What was it like watching this run?
2: It was special, man. And, and obviously, the hardest part of that was was feeling like we had that game for eighty percent of the game, you know. And then it just kind of flipped on ahead head there at the end. And so, you know, but I think that we were prepared. I think that having some, you know, some injuries was was tough, and and you know, some calls that didn't go our way. But to even be in that position after what had, they'd had to go through earlier in the year, I mean, what you have to do to get everybody on the same page and hyped and ready to go um, around a new leader is not, is not easy. And so for him to be able to do that is is very impressive. And for him to write the ship, because yeah, there were a lot of us that were, that were worried that were scared. And it wasn't that he, he, he couldn't do the job. It was, it was everybody I think was so excited about beard and saw what he could do. And they just hadn't seen it from RT yet. And so he got the big stage. He got the, the job interview and he aced it. I mean, the way he finished and, you know, look, if you can beat Kansas, I don't care if Kansas is having a down year up year, what, if you can beat them twice by 20 points in one season, that, that's, that's something not a lot of people can say that they've done. And we did that. So, uh you know and and then just to kind of go even further um by having this continuity and keeping it in place you hopefully don't disrupt the recruiting pipeline you you know RT's a Texas guy he knows this this pipeline he's going to be able to recruit the heck out of it um but also like I said the transfer portal is still a big part of all of this and I think that uh there's minimal disruption by by keeping RT around and, you know, allows him to to spend even, you know, more time really going and getting those guys and telling those guys, look, I'm here the next five years. I'm I'm at Texas. I'm I'm gonna be the guy and they know that. They know who they're coming to play for and that he's not gonna be leaving them anytime soon because, you know, this is his dream job too.
0: JD, there were a lot of different moments people have been mentioning C D C and those guys talked about when they kinda felt comfortable. You just mentioned the Kansas air that Kansas time. Was that what it was for you? I can imagine you former players that know Coach Terry, you would have loved for it to all work out, and you're thinking, man, I hope this works. Was that the moment? Was it winning that game in Kansas City and whipping them? Was it, like you said, whipping them twice in a week? Is that when it was for you, or was there some other point along the line where you said, you know what, not only do I want this to happen, I think it's happening right now. I think he's taking the job.
2: Yeah, I mean, I do think it was probably pretty close to that. I mean, I, I felt like it. I was, I was watching it before that, and I think that that was really just kind of the cherry on top. Um, being able to, to handle Kansas. And, you know, obviously it would have been even better if there was a Big 12 title on the line in that game. Um, but but nonetheless, uh, you know, that built a lot of hype for the team, a lot of momentum going into uh, the NCAA tournament, knowing that, you know, they had just taken down the number one seed, not once but twice by 20 points, uh, a number one seed. So, uh, you know, that that was that was a big moment for sure. I think that was probably the stamp. But I felt like it was, you know, he had done what was – going to be required of him to keep his job probably even a little bit sooner um you know just just getting these guys all on on board and the hearing the way that they talked about him and everything i mean they really do uh, love and respect and appreciate rt as a coach and as a person and i think that's what that's what he wants and and that's that's what people want to go play for
1: JD, you know, we got to ask you a football question. A lot has happened since the Chiefs held that Super Bowl title up and the Cowboys, they've definitely made some moves. adding Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Cooks, resigning key players. And just tell me, what have you noticed right now with the offseason of the NFL and how that may impact the fantasy season coming up?
2: I think that we've seen a lot of impact, but we still have yet to see some of the biggest impacts. I mean, you know, one of the craziest, biggest signings, and this will probably shock you to hear me say, but it's on the defensive side of the ball. I think it was the 49ers going and getting Javon Hargraves. I mean, I think that that, having him... Uh, on that D-line, you know, with with Bosa and Armstead and some of those other guys, I mean, that's scary what that Niners D-line is going to be able to do. Um, I think some of these teams going out and beefing up their O-line is, is really good, you know, but the biggest piece that is going to be massive from a fantasy perspective to fall is going to be this Aaron Rodgers thing, and does he go to the Jets, and then Lamar Jackson, I mean, that's another big piece, and that stuff's going to play out. Where, where we in the dynasty or in the uh, you know, fantasy community, even the you know, fantasy dynasty community, where, where we really start picking things back up again is, is basically once you get through the rookie draft. Because a lot of the free agency's taken place, rookie draft's taken place, now you know where guys are going, and now you can start figuring out where's opportunity. Guys are going to fluctuate a lot by then. And then they'll fluctuate a lot, obviously between that and the actual uh, fantasy drafts. But uh, yeah, now's the time for us dynasty junkies to really get into these rookies, and it's a lot of fun. You know, guys like Rashawn Johnson, who's starting to gradually climb up boards with uh, the the way that he was playing at the the senior uh, the senior bowl before uh, his injury. So a lot of people really impressed with him. Ty Spears is a guy from. You know, Tulane running back that, uh, is getting a lot of hype right now. So it, it's fun to see how all of this goes from right now pre-draft to post-draft once we know guys' destinations. But yeah, hey, Cowboys have done a, a fantastic job. Uh, smartest thing they've ever done, unfortunately, is you know, stop paying uh, running back room sixteen to twenty million dollars. You know, get that down. Uh, so that, they're, they're learning some things. They're learning some things. They're,
0: they're tying Jerry's hands behind his back when he talk, thinks about running backs. Uh, and by the way, if you if you want to know, Zay, how how it's the off season for fantasy, you asked J D. Lewis a fantasy question, and he immediately went to defense. J D. That just blows me away. You, you who's offended when someone asks you about a defense, and you go right to Javon Hargraves.
2: Uh, It's the biggest impact of signing, I think, of this offseason. So you got to talk about it sometime. Hey, just this time though, no more, no, no more, more no more. Okay, so, you know, no I, more. <laughs> I, I
0: understand. I understand. Well, we appreciate your time, man. We're so happy for the Texas basketball family that y- that you you guys got this thing that you wanted, and like you said, the continuity feels like it's there. Feels like everything is uh, maybe gotten that that puzzle put back together, and and we'll look forward to season number two at the Moody Center. So thanks for checking in with us. We hope everything is good with you and yours, and you know we're not losing your number when uh, fantasy time comes around. But thanks for the time, brother. Hey,
2: I'm not changing my number anytime soon. You know where to find me. There you Talk go. To you guys.
0: Thank you, man. Thanks, J.D. That is J.D. Lewis, and he would like us to mention again that he got the mention at the presser, and Connor actually did not. Damn. Connor, if you're out there, I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry. But you can't mention everybody. Yeah. I was, at the very beginning, when he mentioned a couple coaches, I, I thought, oh, he's not going to mention CeCe. I thought he was going to mention CeCe. CeCe got in there. He got there. in there at the end, baby. He right in there at the end. He threw out the Celestia Collier right there at the end. That was good. Uh, thanks to J.D. for his time. Uh, uh, coming up at 105, our normal Wednesday visit with Justin Wells of Inside Texas and on3.com. How did the junior day go from his perspective? Any big names to keep an eye on coming out of that? Obviously, we'll get his thoughts on Texas basketball at the end of the season and the official beginning of the Rodney Terry era as head coach. Up next in the crap bag, how many people were watching when Texas and Miami were playing? The ratings are out for this part of March Madness. We'll get you that. Plus, are the Astros really getting that much love and a stat in the NBA that really does stand on its own? Coming up on the Horn. (laughs)
1: Chad and Zay
0: Oh, they call me the breeze. Yeah. See, this is one of those that I know it. Don't know if I'm going to get it, but I know it. Let me go with... Marshall Tucker band, no, damn it, Who Leonard it? Skinner, Skinner, man. All right, I'm sorry, Leonard Skinner fans, my bad. Another band that wasn't around a lot of people that love Skinner. I need to listen to I need to listen to more Skinner and I I have not. Uh, Leonard Skinner and Gary Moore getting us started today. We are glad you're there. A lot of weird stories out there today. We talked about Texas beating the Aggies in baseball. The Streaker is uh, continuing to be a story. I've now watched videos. I did not realize that the streaker got all the way out of the stadium. Like, out Oh, of yeah, the-
1: they ain't even try. Y'all got some lazy security over
0: there in conversation. Climbed the wall. You didn't see the video when he hit the other side? Though? Yeah, they were waiting for him.
1: Right, yeah, That's
0: actually smart if you think about it. <laughs> Instead of – Because he's got to go somewhere, right? Instead of waiting and trying to chase him around, they made sure they had somebody on the backside, and there were like two officers waiting on him, and he immediately puts the hands up. Now there's a story. I don't know if it's a spoof or not, but Kyle Yumelang, who loves to troll Aggies, has said uh, Aggies with another L is the streaker from the baseball game last night. Turned out to be one of their student athletes, and he has a picture of a cross-country athlete. Could Mm. that possibly be the case? That's a damn shame. God, that would be stupid. That would be very That'd be dumb. really really stupid. Um and then from the last, I'm from the last name I'm seeing, I think it's a guy who would share the last name of somebody on the baseball team. Huh. Isn't there a Werner on the baseball team for AM? Yeah, that was my man that got thrown out at third, trying to make a play. Cuz this picture is Spen- a Spencer Werner the picture that's being thrown around, I don't know anyway. Uh, the streaker is continuing, and I wouldn't really a streaker. And by the way, thank you to the, to the
2: streaker, he like for- showed his
0: ass, They're like pulled his pants down, showed his ass. At least it's not, I mean, at least it wasn't totally naked or whatever. I am fully, I'm all about uh, a tranquilizer dart in that situation. I think you can fire as many as you can safely at him once he's clear of those outfielders, fire tranquilizer darts till he hits the ground. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never understood why that's entertaining, funny, cool, n- never, ever. I don't know what – once Morgana the Kissing Bandit was done, we got to stop that. That British dude that became famous for it didn't care for him. It's just silly. It's just silly. Yeah. Now, And I'm all for a woman running around with a top off. Let them roll.
1: Yeah. with have guys and stuff like that trying to show bare ass like, oh, boy,
0: Darth Maul. I'm not winning yeah, now. I'm, nah. I'm with you. I'm with you there. All right. Uh, with a lot of good uh, text rolling in on the specs text line 337 3776. This text says, Who is JD's top fantasy kicker this year? Oh, no, we're not coming. No, no. No, no you, you know he's never doing that. You know he is never ever doing that. It's
1: always Justin Tucker and who's next.
0: Yeah, right. We, we, we're, we're not allowed to ask defense or kicking questions to J.D. Lewis when it comes to fantasy football. All right, let's get you. Coming up at 1, Justin Wells of Inside Texas. We'll get you the flex segment and break down that McDonald's All-American game from last night. Obviously, there's a former Longhorn uh, and Mr. Holland in that game and some of the other guys. And there was an Isaiah Collier. So we have to have Isaiah Collier break down Isaiah Collier on the show because uh, nobody else can do that. Right now, though, let's go into the crap bag and talk about who's watching this basketball tournament. Here we go. Chad's Crap Bag.
1: Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think
0: of a bag of crap. It's brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. It makes sense, I guess, when you think it through. Uh, This comes from olbg.com that looked into the TV ratings for Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games. Of all the games that we've had so far in those two rounds, not a shock that Texas and Miami ends up as the highest-rated game. Over 11 million folks we're watching that one. The household rating was a little over a 6 rating. It is the only game that can say that. Texas was also in at the 8 spot with the Xavier game. Uh, so as we look ahead, it is interesting to note Creighton-San Diego State is second place. Okay. thought that was a little interesting. I'm not sure what kind of rating San Diego State and FAU will get. FAU-Kansas State. Was fourth place among those games. Uh, that's going to be the big worry, Zay. If you are the TV networks, it is the fact that you know they get a, a a good college basketball brand name in UConn. They get a team that is hot in Miami, but they also get a good, a decent brand there. Probably would have preferred the Texas brand overall in terms of eyeballs and TV yeah. sets. I'm mm-hmm. guessing Texas would have got them more. But then in that other game, what kind of rating are you going to get off a of San Diego State FAU? It's tough. That's got to scare them a little bit. Yeah, it
1: definitely scares them. Yeah. But, hey, they're going to get the real basketball fans and whatever. They this are. March Madness. This is where we're at now with NIL and Transfer Portal and the COVID year. You get this. Yeah, that's true. Uh,
0: now, the other thing I saw today, and this is coming from – what is this group called, Betway, I think, from, yeah, betway.com. They looked into social media stuff for baseball fans as the season's about to start, and they are declaring the Astros as the most loved team in the league. So I thought, wait, how could that possibly be true? Everybody, the tons of fans that hate the Astros. Yeah, this is sh- Bang drum. This is strictly based on social media data revealing which teams get the most positive sentiments by fans online. So they're looking at the positive sentiment only, so the percentage of positivity online about a particular team. Houston comes in first, believe it or not. Second is the Phillies. As much as those fans can be mean and nasty, apparently they love their team. To the to the total social media following they list here is up over like a, over five million. Yeah,
1: what, what's anonymous? Both those teams they won last year.
0: That's true. World Series. Good point. Then it's the Braves, Cubs, Cardinals. If you're wondering about the Yankees, they are 10th on this list. The Rangers are 19th on this list. It's kind of interesting uh, way to look at it. I'm guessing if you went to other fan bases and said who do you hate the most, I am still guessing that Astros, Yankees are at the top. Right, Dodgers are going to be close in that discussion. I would assume there's different fan bases that might hate the Cardinals and Cubs and things like that. Yeah, but if we're
1: just basing this off production on the field and who's good, it makes sense. Because the Phillies were playing great baseball. It's why they went to the World Series for the NL. And then the Astros winning in the World Series. I mean, all the star power they have with Jordan Alvarez and Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena. The list goes on. They were incredible this last year. So if you're an Astros fan, of course you're going to talk good about them.
0: They didn't have many flaws. Right, yeah. It's all positivity. So, uh, kind of a weird thing, but it does make sense once you kind of dig through it. The Dodgers, by the way, ranked 14th on that list. One other thing in the crap bag. I saw this stat, and it really does speak to the NBA right now, but specifically to how amazing these two guys are. So, as of last night's Warriors game, I'm assuming it was Clay Thompson that needed to hit the threes. So, they have now, Curry and Thompson, have each gotten to 250 three-point field goals made this season. So both of them are up over 250. It is the third time that they have done this in their careers. They did it in 16-17, and they did it in 15-16. Zay, do you know who the only other two teammates are that have each hit 253s in a season?
1: oh man that's tough that's really tough it is give me a hint i need some eastern conference
0: team something i can't give you that hint because it is tough because it's nobody oh, okay no one that makes sense no two <laughs> makes teammates sense. ever have done this and they've done it three times just let that one wash over you. Say what you want about how Curry has affected other shooters, how Curry has affected the way they get, whatever. These two guys have done something nobody's el- nobody else has ever done, and they've done it three times. 250 made threes for each of them. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, and you want to talk about the shooting with those guys, but I think they're – Two, they have two of the best staminas that we've seen in the association. Like they are constantly moving. Yep. Clay Thompson has had sixty-point games where I don't think he's taken more than ten dribbles in that game. <laughs> Just moving around, coming right. off screens, catching, shooting. Do they benefit each other? Yeah, because when you worry about one, the other is open. So, uh, they're the best shooting backcourt of all time, and
0: those stats make it not even close. It's just crazy. How dangerous. Right now they're sitting at the sixth seed, so right now they are out of play-in game discussion. How dangerous a team is that for you in the playoffs? Very
1: dangerous, especially if they get Sacramento. They like that matchup. As good as Sacramento has been playing this season, love De'Aaron Fox. Sabonis is a really good player, a three-time All-Star. We know his pops is a legend in Lithuania. Kevin Herter's had a really good year. They traded him from the Hawks. Malik Monk's done well. Keegan Murray might be first-team All-Rookie. He's about to break the rookie record for most three-point shots made that you know previously was held by Dame Lillard and a couple of other guys, so so Sacramento, they're a tough, really fun ball club, and like we talked about the other day, um, Mike Woodson—I'm not Mike woodson gosh, uh, Mike Brown. Yes. He could be considered coach of the seat, uh, coach of the year. So they are a scary team, the Warriors. But remember, they don't have Andrew Wiggins. We talked about it, and where are we at? What? could be going on with them. Draymond Green kind of squashed those rumors and said how dare y'all. This right. is some guys lie blah blah blah. Steve Kurd has came out and said Andrew Wiggins has been working out and staying in game shape, but we do not know if he'll be back with the team this season. He was their second best player on mm-hmm. their team in their playoff run last year. Right after Steph, it was Andrew Wiggins locking up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and then scoring on the other end, averaging around 20 a game. So as good as Jordan Poole is, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, we know what Draymond brings to the table defensively. Without Andrew Wiggins, that this is why they're sitting at the sixth spot and have such a bad road record, and they're
0: not picked to win the championship like they were last year. Should be some wild atmospheres, too, if it's Sacramento and them. Back and forth to those those two buildings as bad as they've been on the road. Golden
1: Chick Arena ain't Arco. But right. Sacramento Kings, they love their – or Kings fans, they love their Kings. Is that
0: the one where if they win, they shoot the beam of light yeah, out the of beam, the building? Yeah, it's
1: dope. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's dope. I yeah. like
0: that. I'm a big fan of those kind of traditions, the light to tower thing here. My wife's school at SFA, they have purple lights that just start shining around. this. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, that's very, very cool that they have that in the NBA, shooting shooting a beam of light out of the top of the building if they win.
1: Yo, I know a lot of people haven't watched much NBA for obvious reasons. I get it. I love basketball a lot. Sometimes it's tough for me to watch. But when the playoffs start, watch De'Aaron Fox. Every time I watch him, I think of Shaka Smart not getting him oh, yeah. right out of Houston. Right up the road, Shaka.
0: Went to Kentucky?
1: Which, yeah, right? it's hard to, you know, during that run, Kyle Perry. If you're just going one and done, then I get it. Go to Kentucky. But, yeah.
0: man. That's a tough one. No, that's tough. He's a special talent. He is. He is really, really good. Sacramento, interesting. The three seed right now in the West. All right, there's your uh, first hour. Up next, Justin Wells of Inside Texas, Junior Day, Longhorn Basketball, and all of that. Plus, at 1.30, we'll talk about the McDonald's All-American game. Longhorn fans, what did you think of Ron Holland? Game was really competitive right to the end as well. We'll discuss it all coming up on the Horn.